Everybody, welcome back to season two of Inside the Genie's Lamp. It has been a hot minute since we have jumped on here. But I wanted to jump on here. This is not the actual episode that I wanted to start the week out with. Um, I actually wanted to start with an interview from one of my clients, but I think we're going to start that in week two, or that's going to be the second episode, um, because I wanted to get this one out here. Um, n- not so much for like lockdown is a very different situation for people that are going through that at the moment. But I just want to talk about weight loss because I've been seeing and particularly the mindset around weight loss and how quickly or not quickly it could be happening. The reason I want to get this one out here is because I feel it's more needed right now and then I can put the client interview after this one. So next Tuesday, essentially. Um, By the way, new schedule for podcasts. They are going to be published at 5am on Tuesday and I'm going to be actually putting it up and marketing it on Tuesday around about 11am. Did a whole bunch of studies, did a whole bunch of studies, did (laughs) did a whole bunch of research and figured out that 5am on Tuesday, when people are commuting like, you know, normal human beings do, um, is actually the best time to get it up because it's going to push my podcast to roughly the top of the list for new podcasts that you should be watching or listening to on your commute to work. Um, and then the 11am push or the 12 or the 1 or whenever the hell we get it out. Reminds people for their lunch break of like, hey, there's a podcast here, you should probably listen to it. But anyway... Um, just a fun new thing for you. So Monday is going to be meat free Monday. Tuesday, we have the podcast coming out. Wednesday is going to be a sort of me in front of the camera talking about just a quick three minute video, two minute video, four minute video, whatever it's going to be. Um, just sort of like a topic of the week or discussion of the week or whatever it turns out to be just a little rant ish style of thing. Cause last time I did them, they went pretty damn well. Um, and they helped me get a lot of stuff out of my head into a more rant style thing as opposed to well thought out NPR sort of podcast-esque thing that we're doing here. Um, Thursday, hopefully, I'm still deciding on this one, but Thursday is going to be a vlog preview. I'm going to get really good at, (laughs) I say that now, I'm going to start vlogging and I'm going to get good at that and I'm going to hopefully have previews up and then I'm going to start launching on YouTube and that's going to be going hopefully really well. Let's all say that it's going to go really well. Thank you. Um, And then we're good. Friday, no idea. Probably some sort of like something fun on Friday because it's it's Friday, really. Funny Fridays, bloopers, outtakes, whatever it's going to be. Um, And then Saturday will be exercise tutorials. So actual things that (laughs) I haven't done in a while because it's f***ing hard to get out what I want to get out in a crowded gym space, but we'll see how we go. Um, pick some times where people are not typically at the gym and we'll just see how we go recording that. Uh, anywho, so if there is anything exercise wise that you want me to run through in a two, three, four minute video, um, and actually explain how it all works, let me know and I'll chuck it on the list. Uh, but anyway, for today, the perspective of weight loss, is it happening quick enough? Is it too slow? Is it whatever? And the reason that I wanted to get this one out there is because for some stupid reason, everyone believes that they have to be losing a kilo a week. And it's not a stupid reason. It's because it's the marketing company that almost everybody does. Hey, lose a kilo a week. Fantastic. 
take back control of your life by losing a kilo a week. In order to do that, roughly, so I'll let you know the rough science behind it. In order to burn one pound of fat, you need to burn 3,500 calories, which is why when most people give you a meal plan, they go figure out what your maintenance calories are and then take 500 off that per day. So then it's going to be, for example, if your maintenance calories are 2,000, eat 1,500 per day. So that way across the seven days, 500 times seven, you've burnt 3,500 calories, which is one pound of fat. Ideally, I mean, that's the way that it's supposed to be working. But then you have to factor in the person's workouts and, you know, everything like that, which should be accounted for during figuring out what their maintenance calories are, but then it's a whole fucking thing. Anyway, that's a sort of rough approximate as to what it should be. Other people say, take off 10%, take off 15%, take off whatever percentage that it is. One is not better than the other. It just matters what is going to work best for that person given the current circumstance. But that's how you burn a pound of fat by burning 3,500 calories. Now you can burn 3,500 calories through workouts. Um, what has been super popular as of late in the past five years, pretty much since got into the industry, uh, well past two, three years actually, uh, hit classes, F45s, CrossFits, just fucking destroying your body, getting the calories burned up there to like 800. Do that six days a week, five days a week, whatever it is, fantastic. You've burnt roughly your 3,500 calories. Then if you're also on the meal plan that they typically give you, which is just fucking everything that is boiled and green and fucking terrible and bland as all shit, yeah, you're going to lose a lot of weight because you're not only burning 3,500 calories just through your nutrition, you're also burning 3,500 calories approximately through your physical activities, which is go off, burn all these calories from your body, but then don't give it the energy and the nutrients it requires to actually build and repair your muscles to be able to make sure that you don't fucking burn out physically or mentally. So that's why I don't believe meal plans fucking work because people get to Saturday and they go, oh my God, I'm so tired and lethargic and I don't know why. And then they have a, a treat meal or a cheat meal. And they go, oh my God, I've failed. Why have I done this? Because you fucking needed it in the first place, Susan. That's why. Because if you didn't have that, you would be dead. Dun, 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 dun. And like the more you know thing comes across the channel. Uh, but anyway, the this is, <laughs> this is why I need to get back into Wednesday's rants or whatever the fuck we're going to call them. Um, anywho, so that's how you burn one pound of fat, which is approximately 410 grams. So in order to lose a kilo a week, you need to be burning more than 7,000. 7,000 would bring you up to around about 820 grams. And if we need to get to a kilo, essentially half a pound, half of 3,500 is going to be 1750 or whatever the fuck it is going to come out to. So you need to be burning around about 10,000 calories a week to lose a kilo a week, which is insane, insane numbers when you think about it. Most people that I initially take on board, their weekly calories are sitting on around about 10,000 to 11,000, maybe 12,000, depending on the person. But on average, a lot of my women are on about 10,000 to 12,000 calories a week. However many, you know, calories that is per day. Some people do 1400 calories a day and then two 1800 calorie days somewhere in the week. And some people are just on high 1700 calories. Depends on the person. Depends on exactly what they're doing, what their goal is, uh, their adherence to it. Some people can just sit on 1500 calories and they're fucking chill doing that. Other people need high days and low days. Depends on what you're going for. But up, anywho, that's essentially how you lose a kilo a week. Burn around 1,000, uh, 10,000 calories in the week. 
which is why fasting is a big thing because you can eat whatever your normal diet is but if you're not having a full meal well then there's about 500 calories that you're missing just from a normal meal so then you of course you can eat whatever you want for lunch and dinner because you're missing about 500 calories just from breakfast and possibly your dessert as well which is super common for a lot of people but that sun is blaring into my face uh but when people often say, oh, I only lost 500 grams this week, oh, I only lost 200 grams this week, or whatever it is, you lost something that wasn't a kilo. You lost a certain number, and it wasn't a kilo, and people go, oh, fuck, weight loss is slowing down. That's no good. So then they either stick to it for another week, or they typically restrict again, because they go, oh, fuck, I'm upset it wasn't a kilo. To give you this bit of perspective... Almost every single person listening to this podcast, I'm willing to bet, has done a diet at some point in their life. And at the end of that diet, I'm willing to bet that they felt awesome, they looked awesome, they performed amazing, hitting PBs in the gym, did whatever. And then six weeks later, they went, man, I can't fucking do this. This is unsustainable. And they've hit that point where they've lost all that weight and said, yeah, look how awesome I look. Taken their after photos, gone off and done their like their binge weekend as to what they do when most people finish programs. And then they've, over the course of time put on all the weight that they've lost because their their hit sessions weren't sustainable their gym sessions weren't sustainable something came up that you know maybe they got a new job so they weren't as active during their job as to what they were previously whatever happens they end up finishing the diet going on a little bit of a binge as a celebration of like yeah you can finally have all these foods which if that's what your diet is fucking get a new one but they end up putting the weight back on And then they go, oh, fuck, okay, well, I need to lose weight. Then they do the exact same thing, uh, lose all the weight, go through this crazy burn, burn, burn calories and lose weight. And they go, fantastic, I feel again, I feel amazing again. This is going to be different this time. This time I'm actually going to stick to it after the program. And of course they don't do that because, I mean, obviously I I wouldn't be here giving you this podcast. or have my business that I have if people could sustain their weight loss with minimal effort. That's why I do what I do. That is my <laughs> pretty much my entire job, teaching people how to finally fucking keep off the weight because they keep buying the same bullshit six, eight-week shred programs and going, I don't know where I'm going wrong. I'm doing the exact same thing that I've done for the past 12 years, and it's just repeating a cycle. I don't get it. Well, maybe fucking do something different, and you'll achieve something different. Uh, at this point, I'd like you to... Google the definition of insanity, because even though I am clinically mentally insane, uh, it is the definition of doing something over and over again and hoping to achieve a different result. That is Einstein's definition of insanity. So who's really crazy here, doctor? (laughs) Um, Anywho, can't remember why I brought that up, but when you hit that kilo a week or whatever it is that you haven't been doing, For essentially, you're doing your diet. My God, I've lost my train of thought already. When you do the diet and you kilo a week, kilo a week, kilo a week, and then eventually it starts slowing down and people go, well, fuck, is it really worth going on? You know, I'm eating these shit foods, killing myself at the gym. I'm only losing 500 grams. Something's going wrong. Is it really worth it? And then it becomes a mental battle of, holy crap, is this worth doing? Do I want to stay at this weight? Do I want to stay here? Do I want to do something else? Do I want to recomp? Do I want to do whatever it is. Do I want to have a diet break? Most diet breaks end up lasting for about eight weeks and then they go, oh my God. But people question themselves, is this working? 
So let me give you this perspective. Instead of losing whatever, pro this is, this is what it was. Instead of doing on average, most people do two challenges a year, the new year challenge, January through typically Valentine's day. Um, and if they don't, if they haven't started anything through Valentine's day, they typically will not start anything until winter comes. It's just a random study that I think Harvard put out once where most New Year's resolutions, I think 82% of them, I can't remember the exact number, are forfeited by Valentine's Day, February 14. Gone. Imagine how many people that would be in the world by saying, hey, I'm going to get fit and healthy this year. Um, and then they start the year on a bender, hungover as shit. Then they go, ah, I'll wait till the first Monday of the year. Gets to the first Monday of the year and they go, ah, oh, fuck, I'm still on holidays. Might as well just wait until I'm back in a normal routine. They get back into a normal routine about late January and then they go, ah, oh, yeah, fuck, well, let me settle into my job for now. They take a month or two weeks settling into their new job or new role or new place or whatever it is. Then February comes around and they go, fuck, it's Feb already. How did it get to here? Then it gets to Valentine's Day and they go, oh, fuck, I should probably do something with the missus or go out to a fucking singles night or whatever you do on Valentine's Day. And then they go, oh, fuck, well, haven't really started yet. And then they forget about it. And then they either, they either forget about it or they go, fuck, we're midway into Feb already. I'll wait till next month. And then they just repeat that cycle every single year. However, when it gets to about winter, they go, oh, fuck, it's winter. It's either one of two things again, it's cold, it's wet, it's rainy, I don't want to go outside and do stuff. The way I look at it during winter, it's cold, it's wet, it's rainy, good thing I've got a fucking gym that I can go to where it has heaters and all the machines that I need, and it's dry, and it's comfy there. Or if we're in lockdown, good thing I have a couch that I can roll off of, because core. <laughs> do lying side planks all fucking day, because that's what I do. Um, but... Most people do two challenges a year. The New Year's challenge, January through to typically the end of Feb, because that's about eight weeks. And then towards the end of the year where it's winter, get ready for summer. Those are the two challenges that most people do. Through both of those challenges, let's say they both go for eight weeks and you lose a kilo a week. There's 16 kilos. But if I said, hey, this year you're gonna lose 16 kilos, Fuck yeah. But if I said, hey, you're, let's use 100 kilos. Let's use 80 kilos, 90 kilos. You know what? Let's say 100 because it's fucking, it's nice and round, triple digits. Who doesn't love 100? Um, you're 100 kilos. You start January 1st, 100 kilos. You do an eight-week program, eight-week shred that is like, hey, let's lose as much weight as we can because why the fuck not? We want your money and we're not really concerned on teaching you how to keep it off forever because we want you paying this membership. That's how they work. So... They shred you and you go from 100 down to 92 because a kilo a week takes you down to 90, which through one of these programs wouldn't surprise me if you got under 90 in eight weeks, but let's just use averages. So you go from 100 to 92 kilos. Then you go fantastic. And then through that part of the year, before you get to your second part, like the winter just before summer, you put on... I'm just going to say on average, we'll say six kilos. I'll keep it nice and conservative. So I'm not being overly biased. You put on six kilos between the first of March to typically, let's just say end of July. And you go, holy fuck, it's August. It's nearly the end of the year. What are we going to do? And let's just say you get started first of August. You gain six kilos between March 
oh my god, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, five months. So you gain essentially a kilo a month. Now you're back up to 98. Then you do another program and you go, fuck yeah, let's do this thing. So you do another eight-week shred program and you go from 98 down to 90. You've done two programs, you've lost 16 kilos, and yet your total body weight has gone from 100 to 90. So you've, so technically, you've lost 10 kilos. When you look at the entire year of, as to what you've done, what you've established, and what you've built, and what you've lost, and everything like that, just the entire year from January 1st, 100 kilos, to let's just say you maintained that weight for whatever unbiased reason, you maintain that weight at 90 kilos. And you get to the end of the year, December 31st, and you go, fuck yeah. Overall, in my eyes, that's a really, 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 really fucking good thing to happen. You've lost 10 kilos in the year. Awesome. What will most likely happen though, is that you've lost that weight and you've hit 90 kilos. And then again, you'll diet cycle this. So then it will get to the start of summer because things start opening up and things, the weather gets better. You start socializing a bit more. There's a lot of Valentine's babies that have been born. So there's a lot of birthdays happening in like November, October, December, whatever the fuck is going on. But the summer is typically where people are a lot more social. Obviously, good weather, restaurants around, particularly if you're in on the Mornington Peninsula. It's fucking good weather around here for the first two hours and then the third hour it's raining and then the fourth hour it's absolutely 34 degrees and then the fifth hour it's back to jackets. But anyway, so what's most likely happened is you've gone from 100 January 1st down to 90 kilos uh, in December. Let's just say. And then you've put that weight back on so that you've started next year at around about 95 kilos. But how have you gotten there? You've done two shred programs that have been high intensity programs, F45, CrossFit, whatever it's going to be, just plyometric stuff, obliterating your body, sticking to a meal plan, pretty damn bland, haven't been very social during those times. So then you've ended up because you haven't learned how to do anything with nutrition or essentially just blindly following a workout exercise nutrition plan. You've essentially just gone, cool, that's how I lose weight. So now every time you want to lose weight, you think broccoli, chicken, rice, high intensity interval training. That's how I lose weight. Eventually it's going to hit a point where you're burnt out mentally and you go, I do not want to fucking do that again for the fourth time in two years. So from January 1st, 100 kilos, you've gone through the year, you've done your two shreds and you've put on a little bit, but overall you've lost 16 kilos through both of those challenges. Fuck yeah. But when you look at December 31st, you're around about 95 kilos because your focus during those programs was a kilo a week. Now, let me give you this perspective. If you lost 200 grams a week across the year, on average, you would have lost 10 kilos in that year. 52 weeks. I'm actually going to do this math because I'm concerned about my math now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, 52 times 0.2 equals 10.4 kilos. Yeah, I was fucking, I was right. Settle down, Travis. Get out of your own head. So, whether you lose 200 grams a week or a kilo a week or two kilos a week, which would be unsafe, but let's just go with it. Regardless of whatever your weight loss journey is going to be and whatever arbitrary number that you assign it that is going to be quote unquote successful. Why are you doing these things? What are you learning from these things? How are you going to sustain this weight loss? It's not about can you lose weight because every single person that I've taken on knows how to lose weight. If they wanted to lose weight, they could easily do it. They know, move their body. Don't snack as much. Don't eat takeaway more than once a week. 
most people have the general consensus as to if I want to lose weight, I know exactly what I'm doing and how to lose weight. They have done it on average about eight to 10 times before through their lives. The average 30 year old has done about six, seven different shred programs, whether that be a four week intro thing at their gym or a six week fat blasting booty builder bullshit thing from a small group gym, whatever it is, they've typically done six programs where it's like, this is how you lose weight. And every single one has been shitty meal plan and high intensity interval training. So now that's everybody's idea of if I want to lose weight, I have to lose a kilo for it to be successful. Then you've got a lot of nutrition companies, Jenny Craig or Weight Watchers or whatever. I think I remember seeing something that was like, motivation is at its highest in the first four weeks. So get started with our Kickstarter pack. Yay, lose four kilos in four weeks or your money back. What do you think they're doing during that time? They are not controlling your physical output, your calories out. They can only control your calories in. So what do they do? Hey, if you want to lose four kilos in four weeks, jump on board. We'll get you there. Notice how they never say you will be on 1200 calories. You will be on a thousand calories. You will be on three meals per day to do. They don't tell you what you're going to do. They just tell you, you want to lose four kilos in four weeks? Hit, this is it. Sign up, do it now. And they'll show you the fresh food on a tiny plate, but it looks really big because that's what the camera does. And they'll show you all the fresh food that you could be eating. It's like, wow, I can have a whole chicken breast with a little bit of sauce and maybe even a sneaky little egg. <laughs> but most marketing, and I'm guilty of this as well. Most marketing is a kilo a week. And for some reason that if you don't lose a kilo a week, it's deemed unsuccessful or something's going wrong. And it's so far from the truth. To give you that perspective again, you've done the two programs across 16 weeks and lost 16 kilos through the entire year. You started the year at 100 kilos and now you're at roughly 95, 96 at the end of the year. Realistically, you'd be heavier than 100 because most people are heavier at the end of a yo-yo diet sort of campaign journey. But you've lost five kilos, killing yourself for 16 weeks on a shitty meal plan and doing whatever it is to lose those 16 kilos or lose five kilos when we talk about start and end point to lose five kilos. If you had have lost 200 grams a week across the year, is that slow weight loss? Yeah. But what happened during the weight loss period? You were still social. You didn't have to restrict yourself. You weren't burning out physically or mentally. You were building muscle. You weren't worried about, oh my God, I can't have garlic bread with my friends because they're having their so-and-so's 30th birthday or 21st birthday or whatever it is. You're not worried about the fucking calories in your alcohol because you know that like, oh, okay, well, you know, Trav said, as, a, as, as, a, as an example, Trav said that I should have uh, pre, oh my God, post mixes. For example, I have rum with Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi, actually. Pepsi Max, Jesus Christ, Pepsi Max. Save myself on average 200 calories per drink. 10 drinks, there's 2000 calories that have saved myself. But it's not so much about can you lose weight? Because yes, you fucking can. You know how to lose weight. If you want to lose weight, you know how to lose weight. That's not the question here. How quickly are you losing weight? Doesn't matter. 
Because if we look at the grand scheme of things, why do you want to lose weight? Well, I want to feel healthier. I want to move better. I want to be healthier physically, mentally, and blah, blah, blah. And whatever other reason that you've got for wanting to lose weight, you know how to lose weight. So is losing weight worth it if you have to stick to these unsustainable meal plans, unsustainable workouts, your joints are starting to become sore, you're waking up, you're mentally burning out, and you're not as present at your job as you were when you were eating whatever you want or, you know, whatever it is, whatever your downfall is going to be burning out physically, mentally by trying to achieve a kilo a week and then stopping that journey and then going, fuck, that was miserable. And then going back to the life that you had previously, which is why you were hundred kilos in the first place, as opposed to taking the slow route, 200 grams a week, still being social, still eating whatever you want, still having a wine at dinner, still having blah, 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 not being restrictive at all. Well, not at all. You know, don't fucking snack every waking minute of every day or go, oh my God, I'm sad. I'm going to have a family bag of pods, which is my go-to or KFC or whatever it is. But learning how to harness your emotions and figuring out how to make the journey that you're on sustainable. doesn't matter if it's 200 grams a week. doesn't matter if you don't lose weight during that week. It doesn't have to be a kilo a week. Because if you look at not just this program, which is what I do for a lot of people, not just this three month or six month program that I offer, what are you taking from my program that you're going to use for the rest of your fucking life? This is where a lot of coaches fall flat and what I actually want to implore in my mentor PTs. It's not so much about the program. It's about the person. How are you going to change that person's life when you're not coaching them anymore? People will remember how you made them feel, not what you made them look like. Any fucking Joe Blow from the street or someone that claims they could be a personal trainer or a random Google workout can get someone a booty, can get someone shredded. It depends on the person and how committed they are. If I had 10,000 people sign up to a templated workout and templated meal plan, chances are about a thousand of them 10,000 of them, 10%, whatever, 10% of 100,000 people, 10% of them would see amazing results. And then I'd market those 10%. If it was a $5 program, be like, hey, get these results. It's not me that's coming up with that. It's the 10% of people who are like, I need to change something. They sign up, they do it, they're committed. And it is the client that has made the coach look good. And I am aware of that for every single client that I take on board as well. It's not me that's making the person look good. It's the person that's making me look good by saying, hey, like obviously me coaching the person in a different capacity, focusing on their mindset and mental health and emotions, as opposed to do the fucking workout and nutritions. It's the client that makes me look good. And that is one thing I want to get across to every fucking potential personal trainer or current personal trainer that is listening to this. Your client will make you look good. It's about the relationship you have with your client that will make you look good. And then they go, holy fuck, he's changed my life like this or she's changed my life like this. I want to give back. It is a law of reciprocity. So I have had people join this program and lose 14 kilos in 12 weeks. Yay. Awesome. This girl that I'm referencing in particular, how did she lose 14 kilos in 12 weeks? We focus on her fucking emotions and not feeling like a failure every single time that she somewhat, quote unquote, strayed away from her meal plan, or it wasn't even a meal plan. It was just flexible dieting, eating whatever the fuck that she wanted. But she had five social events during that 12 week period. And she said that if, she, if I wasn't there to guide her through those mental barriers and emotional barriers that she typically had, she would have done what she did for every single program. 
three weeks in, had a social event, oh my god, I've failed, and then emotionally spiral out, and then go back to where she was, but worse. So it's not about the workout or the nutrition. It's going to be instead about dealing with those emotions behind it and the perspective of living a healthy life. So it's not about a kilo a week or 200 grams a week. And then I've had some people that have lost three kilos in three months and they've been over the fucking moon with what they've achieved because what did they learn during this program or through coaching that they are going to use for the rest of their lives? If I can teach you how to build a healthier relationship with food in three months and you can use that for the rest of your life, would you do it? Can you see value in doing that? Most people, yeah, because they've got a fucking terrible relationship with food because it's just, here's your blind meal plan, go do that, lose weight. And they go, okay, cool. So anything that's not on a typically prescribed meal plan, they go, oh my God, I can't have this. And that makes them want it even more. But it's going to be about, regardless of if it's my program, it could just be a fucking a, a $27 four-week yoga class that you're thinking about doing or a $400 eight-week membership portal program, whatever it is. What are you going to get from that program that you are investing in? And an investment can be 20 bucks. It can be $10,000. It can be $100,000. It can be whatever the fuck you want it to be. What are you going to gain from that investment that you can use for the rest of your life? Because I look at everything that I spend as an investment, apart from obviously like fucking food or treats or whatever it is, everything can be, <laughs> I suppose, a perspective of everything that I can do. Like I could say food is an investment because it's investing into me, whatever it is. So investing into food is my camera just dies. Fantastic. Uh, me investing into food. Yeah, I could probably make that work somehow, but it's going to be every course that I've bought, every coaching service that I've bought, everything that I've done, the question that has made me purchase or not purchase, what am I going to learn from this that I can have for the rest of my life? My business coach has taught me so fucking much is to, as to how to build a business when he's not around. I know how to do that. I know how to run a business. I know how to make sales. I know how to market myself. I know how to do fucking everything that comes with building a business. Now I'm trying to sustain it. Now I'm trying to get this shit going, launch it, scale it, do all that fun stuff. And when it comes to health and well-being for a lot of clients, it's going to be, cool, you know how to lose weight. How do you build that? How do you scale that? How do you make it sustainable? Those are the big questions that a lot of people should be asking, but never do. How do I sustain this? What am I learning from this coach? What am I learning from this program? What am I learning from this experience? Can I use everything that I'm learning for the rest of my life? Because if you're learning how to use a software that you're only going to be using during a program, it's sort of a, it's sort of pointless in my opinion. Anyway, if you're learning something to use for a temporary bandaid fix, I don't see a lot of value in that. Is it something that you can, for example, learn to track calories and macros and what are macros? How do they affect your mind and body and how do they affect your sleep? How do they build your mind? How do they build your muscles? That shit, if you knew what I knew about nutrition, just the basics about nutrition, do you see that as valuable? If I could teach you that in three months, do you see that as valuable so that you can use that three months as a platform for the rest of your life? Some people say, 
Mm, yeah, well, maybe. Then it becomes about why do you want to lose weight? Well, I want to be a better role model for my kids. I want to do this. I want to do that. And a lot of mums in particular, since 94% of my audience that listens to the podcast are mums and well, not mums, but females. If you are a mum, congratulations on being a mum. I don't know when congratulations would be in order, but hey, you're fucking getting one now. Congratulations. But it's going to be kids and monkey see monkey do. They don't care if you're talking about calories. They don't care if you're talking about macros. They know what you're eating. They say, I want that. And if your healthy food looks appealing to them, they're going to want it. Macca's is always appealing because of fucking Happy Meals and KFC. Takeaway food is just appealing in general. But then it becomes about, well, if it's monkey see, monkey do. I know exactly why I want this. Because if I can learn shit about nutrition that's going to benefit my kids for the rest of their life, then hey, now we're talking about fucking generational information that's going to change your entire family's history, really. Because you can change your DNA. You can change your genetics. The amount of clients that I have that come to me and they go, oh, I don't think I can lose weight. My parents are overweight. I'm like, so? Doesn't mean you need to be. Like, ah, fuck, good point. (laughs) Not exactly like that, but they go, ah, fuck, okay. Then they start losing weight. They start doing the hard work and then their kids become a lot healthier because of their actions that they're taking today. So what we've done for their three, six, 12 month program that we've put them through, yes, they've lost weight. Yes, they've become better at looking after themselves. But then we look at the grand scheme of things and they go, oh, okay, 10 years from now, I know what I can feed my kid. I know blah, blah, blah. And they know all the information that they've taken from me or another coach or another program or whatever. And they've said, how can I apply this to the rest of my life? So when it comes to losing weight, the kilo a week golden number is fucking shit. It's nothing. It pales in comparison to the rest of your life. So if you look at the entire year from now until one year from now, until whatever date that it is, if you lost 200 grams a week every week and you went from year zero, like day one, year zero, well, year one, day one, to year two, day one, would it have been worth it for everything that you learned and everything that you did and sustaining your weight loss? and all the positives and negatives that are going to come from doing that. A lot of people would say yes. If you said no, then we need to figure out where your priorities are. Why do you want to lose weight as quickly as you want to lose weight? You know, maybe it's a time goal. Maybe you've got a wedding coming up or whatever it is. But for a lot of people, if you take a year out of your life to learn how you move, how you eat food, why you eat food, why you think certain ways, why you've learned what you've learned. You take one year, 360 days out of your entire life to learn those basics. Fuck me, you'll put me out of work. You'll put a lot of coaches out of work. But a lot of people don't have time for that or they don't want to do that or they can't be fucked doing that or they don't have the money to spend on investing in themselves even though they'll end up wasting most of their money on junk food and Uber Eats anyway. I had a client pay off their program by literally cutting their Uber Eats order from three to once a week. And then they went, ah, I'm actually doing this once every fortnight. Someone paid off a life-changing transformation program by ordering Uber Eats once a week instead of three times a week. Fucking think about that. Anywho, if your focus is losing one kilo a week, I'll sign off on this. If your focus is losing one kilo a week, you need a different priority. You need a different goal. You need to figure out why you're losing weight, why you want to lose weight, 
and how you can make it sustainable and whatever program or service or whatever shit that you are signing up to, what is the investment you're getting out of it? Because you know how to lose weight. A lot of people do. And if you don't know, just fucking message me and I'll tell you where you're going wrong and what you can do. I do that for free almost on a daily basis. Hey, Trav, I'm stuck on these calories. I don't know what to do. Do this and this and this. Okay, cool. Six weeks later. Hey, how you going? Yeah, good. I've lost two kilos. Ah, oh, fantastic. And I didn't, it took me 10 minutes to just be like, hey, try this instead. And they go, okay. So if you get stuck or you need help with any of that, just message me. I give out a lot of fucking free advice in my DMs if I can be fucked. Most of the time, I can be. Or if I can't, I flag it and come back to it a few days later. But the point is, I'm trying to help as many people as I can. Anywho, that is it. Welcome back to season two of the podcast. We're hoping to get another 25 episodes out, uh, make it 50 even, and see where this goes. But otherwise, welcome back. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll speak to you all very soon.